SQR Podcast, Score Rosenberg Radio, coming to you live and direct from the lab. Yes, by now you know where we're located in Patterson, New Jersey. Tonight is gorgeous, it's crisp, but it's perfect. We're kicking back. We have a great show lined up for you. And let me take this moment to give a shout out to everybody who checked out the last show. It was a phenomenal energy in the place. Please check out our YouTube channel, SQR Podcast, or just Google Score Rosenberg Radio. Our stuff is on SoundCloud. Our Facebook is moving. Please, when you go to YouTube, subscribe like what you see there it's all good stuff tonight we're getting ready to dig into something really authentically patterson we're located in patterson new jersey and this show is about bringing out the good that's in patterson as a matter of fact the good is everywhere but tonight we're digging strictly into patterson but first you know i how i normally start the show i want to take this moment to give a big round of applause to manny behind the camera big shout out to charles that's in the house thank you guys so much for being here and as we get ready to crack in tonight ladies and gentlemen tonight i am honored and blessed <coughs> blessed is an understatement because there's a lot of history in the house tonight but i am honored to have Mr. Hollis Nelson, Training Director of Operation Industrial Center in Patterson, OIC as it's called. Thank you so much for being here, sir. And I also am honored to have Harvey J. Nutter, the Executive Director of the Patterson OIC. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your presence. Thank you. Um, you know, you were, I was telling you prior to us starting the show, I love when people just walk into the space and come in from the outside. What was your impression when you pulled up to the building, by the way? Um, where was everything? <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Right, right, right. right. Well, you're, you're in the, you know, the 1860s uh, Manhattan Shirts Company oh, okay. building, so that's why that was. And thank you so much for taking the trek up to Mount Everest. That's what we call it. It was a trap. <laughs> if you'd have told us what we were coming into before we got here, we were saying that coming up the stairs, if we'd have known this was going to be what we were running into, we might not have agreed to, to, to meet. I'm telling you. Yeah, those stairs, we call that the, um, the, the curing process. Okay. You know, you have to go through a curing process because I'm pretty sure once you opened those doors and walked into the studios, your impressions. Oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was opening up, a new world oh, kind of opened up. Wow. Yeah. Which is what we, we try to do here. As a matter of fact, let me take the word try out because the universe doesn't understand trying. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. And that's what we do here. You know, the, the whole crew and I, from Manny to Charles, what we do is we create this environment to really grow and build. And we love to hear each other's stories and share that with everybody. So as we get ready to crack into this double omelet that we have here, Mr. <laughs> Hollis Nelson and Harvey J. Nutter. Um, gentlemen, I'm going to start with with Hollis. Introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about where you're from and what you're doing. Yeah, my name is Hollis Nelson, of course. Uh, I'm the training director at the Greater Patterson OIC. I've been with the organization for just about 20 years now. It'll be 20 years in May. Let's, let's salute that. Let's salute that. You can't even be, be, be coy about that. You know, it, it's interesting. Uh, I was uh, a, always a tech enthusiast. Now, what I train on at OIC is the Microsoft Office suite of applications. Okay. What we're doing there is preparing people for the workforce. So we're teaching them uh, Microsoft Office, QuickBooks, the kind of things that they need to put themselves in a position to pursue gainful employment. Okay, nice. Uh, I was... A, tech and software enthusiast uh, working at a place called CompUSA. I don't know if anybody <laughs> still remembers. It's, it's like Blockbuster. <laughs> right, yeah. CompUSA. And uh, 
one day was introduced to Mr. Nutter through a, a third organization, an organization that we had in common. I didn't know him, okay. but I was associated with one organization and he was also associated with them, a, a individual who worked there. So one day we just <coughs> happened to wind up at the same place at the same time and the young lady from the organization introduced us to one another. Uh, Harvey at the time, the, the person who was doing the training for OIC was moving mm. on to another job. Okay. So he was in search uh, of a trainer. So she introduced us, because I had done some training for this other organization. Uh, he walked me over to OIC and kind of told me some of the history, and he's one of the better ones to tell you about the, the history of the organization. I can't wait to hear that. Uh, but the moment I met him, I liked him. He's a personable guy. And then when I found out what the organization does and what it stood for, uh, I immediately gave my notice at, at CompUSA nice. and said I want to come to work for this organization to, to give back uh, to the community that some is, of the things that I was learning. That is so admirable. That is so admirable. Standard. As a matter of fact, even as you, 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 you wrapped up that, that, that synopsis, you said you left a, a gainful employment to go back to an organization to give back. To give back to the community. Uh, technology was relatively in its infancy True. at that point, you know. Uh, and I figured, okay, our people are going to need this. Okay. Now, I did get, you know, we can get into that later on. I did get a little bit of a culture shock once I started learning because, <laughs> you know, I thought folks would be lined up at the door to, to, to learn this stuff that necessarily you wasn't. Know, we, we're going to tap into okay. that because I know there's a social, social, social ethnic reasons there why mm -hmm. people are not accessing these resources. However, um, Harvey J. Nutter. Mm -hmm. That name sounds like you need to be the president of a small island. <laughs> no, I'm just being honest. Introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what you do. Okay, I'm, my name is Harvey J. Nutter. I'm the executive director here at the Greater Patterson OIC, but I've been with OIC um, since 1965. Speak on that. Um, what is OIC? OIC, Opportunities Industrialization Center. It's a training program that started I have to give you a little history on it. Please. Okay. OIC started out in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, by the Reverend Dr. Leon Howard Sullivan. Okay. Who was the first African-American to sit on a national uh, corporate board. Let's take, a, let's take a pin right there. Today is February 1st, 2018, the beginning of Black History Month. Yes. And thank you so much for being the first guest on the show to drop that knowledge. So I'm gonna have to ask you to repeat that as we salute. Go ahead. Dr. Sullivan was the first African-American to sit on a national corporate board, and that board was General Electric. <clears throat> and all other African-Americans that sit on corporate boards, he paved the way. Salute to you, sir. Salute to you. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and uh, when I first started with OIC, it started in Philadelphia. Actually, OIC started before then in his church, but uh, to get it into the mainstream, it started in an uh, abandoned jailhouse, 19th and Oxford in North Philadelphia. A jailhouse? Yes. Converted into a training organization. And the first thing that they trained then, believe it or not, was sewing machines. 
OIC started in February 1964. I went with OIC in uh, early July, late August 1965 when I graduated from college. So waiting to t uh, for a teaching contract, got the contract, didn't sign it, stayed with OIC. And I've been with OIC ever since. I've been with OIC in Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, and in Stanford, Connecticut. I came to Patterson. Uh, in fact, uh, October 1st, 2018 will be I will be been here for 40 years. Wow! I came in, I came in uh, October 1st, 1978. Impressive. Right. Yeah, I want to salute that. Let's yeah. take this moment to salute that. That's right. that's that's right. 40 years of committed service to this program. In I, Patterson. No, no, I saw I saw yeah. in Patterson alone. In Patterson. So this alone. program alone, you're you're in close to like 60 years. Uh, well. 55 or something like that close to you know what we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna slow this right down we just gave you the surface of what's about to happen here because we're gonna dig into where you're from how you were influenced and what got you connected to oic okay. to make you be wanting to make this impact right now okay. and i'm gonna do the same with hollis you know you know why something happened or someone you know sent you down this path where you were inspired to serve versus mm -hmm. to let me just look out for myself and get a living. And that's what I want to crack into. So please be confident, feel free to share because our viewers and listeners, especially your young viewers, they need to understand that right now you might be leaning in a trajectory that's gonna put you on this path, mm -hmm. oh, you know? Okay. So as we crack into this Quill Rosenberg Radio SQR podcast, our guest in the mm -hmm. house tonight, Hollis Nelson, training director, Patterson OIC, and of course, Harvey J. Nutter, executive director, Patterson OIC. We're gonna take a quick break come back jumping to each of their story stay tuned sqr podcast sqr podcast go rosenberg radio getting ready to crack into this double yolk egg that we have here at the table from the patterson oic and for those who are watching oic means operations opportunities. In opportunities industrial center thank you for that correction mr harvey j nutter executive director so let me get micro for lack of let me get macro with you okay where are you from originally? Where's mom and dad from? I'm originally from uh, South Jersey. Sta Born and grown? Born and grown, a place called Bridgeton, New Jersey. Oh, nice. Big up to Brixton. Did I say that right? Yeah, Bridgeton. Bridgeton, New right, Jersey. Right. And um, uh, from there, I, um, I... What was the family makeup like? Brothers, sisters, what was that unit like? Well, I have, uh, I had, Two brothers, they're passed. They were, they were in the, all of us, all of us served in the service in, in, in the United States. Oh, so, nice. Uh, my two, my sister was in, in, the, in the army. I was in the army. My two brothers were in the Marines. Why the affiliation with the, the army and the Navy? I mean, was it was look, dad? Look, look, no, no, no. My, my, my father, I really didn't know my father that well. Okay. Okay. But but uh, what happened is it's kind of interesting. That's what the show is about. Yeah, Go. My, my sister uh, was raised by her grandparents. Okay, and she wanted to. The grandparents sent her to Cheney State University. She didn't want to go to Cheney. She wanted to go to Morgan. What year is this? Oh. <laughs> 1958, something like that. Oh, My sister's 80 years old. Oh, beautiful. She'll be 81 in March. Okay, so this is 1950s. Yes. Okay. Uh, and 
and, and, and what happened, she quit school and joined the army. A rebel. <laughs> I, I, come on, I mean, that's... She's a rebel, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, and she's the oldest, and she's my heart. Um, I... Um, she had an influence? You, 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 were you, do you remember being influenced by that movement or by... No, 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 no. It's... it's uh, how we all... I got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you. Okay, so, I got drafted. so, 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 bring it into perspective. We're, we're do, do it, do, World War II. Do it, no, 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 no. Uh, my sister, uh, she was in, she was in between. She was in Fort Hood, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, she, she never saw any combat. Oh, okay. I didn't either. However, I was uh, drafted during the during Vietnam. Stationed in Anchorage, Alaska. I sent uh, soldiers to now I'm alive. We brought them back dead. Wow. Uh, it, uh, uh, Alaska was the last state side stop before going. Because <clears throat> you go around the backside of the earth right there right, to get right. to Vietnam. And, and coming back, they, we were the first, first. state side. And uh, there's some stories about that. I, Talk to you about that. My brother, my two brothers, um, they were Marines. They were they were in Vietnam. In fact, the one next to me that that passed, David, uh, he was given a choice: he either go to jail or or, or go to the <laughs> service. Put me in the service. So he went to the service. And a funny thing about it: after he came back from basic training, because he was a rebel, he was. Audrey. Sounds like there's a rebel line, a DNA running through this family. And, and, and he was talking about how he's going to save, save, save us all and everything. And, and a friend of mine who helped me get into college said, is that the same David that I built? Yeah. And my brother Bobby, the youngest, he just followed David into the Marines. Okay. And what happened, they were both in the same uh, spot in Nam together. And they uh, immediately rushed David out because he was there first. David got a little upset because he, uh, by the rushing him out, he lost out on the on, on, on promotion and everything. Oh, okay, okay. But but uh, you know that's 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 because I'm curious to see like now that your sisters. So the family makeup was dad wasn't really around. Right. So so like mom was really the right. the matriarch and, and grandpa. Grandpa. Now, now, my grandfather. Now, see, people. We. They, everybody said that we came from just a, a matriarchal family, a woman. Yeah. But that wasn't true because my grandfather was there, mm -hmm. and my uncles were there. Mm -hmm. See, now my mother didn't have any brothers or sisters, so my grandfather. They were his brothers, so they were my great uncles. In fact, I'm named after my grandfather. David was named after one of his uncles. And Bobby, well, Bobby was my 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 uh, the other the other uncle was Hezekiah. Mom didn't want to do it. That was a that was a heavy name. Yeah, a lot of responsibility and, and, with Hezekiah. Uncle Hezzy, uh, Uncle Hezzy, out of the three brothers, was in the service. He was in World War One. World War One. Yeah. My God, the history there is fascinating. Yeah, 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 yeah. You literally know that you stood on sh on, on shoulders of you know really giants oh, yeah. to be where oh, you yeah. are. Yeah. And the reason why I get that macro and hear that dynamic, you know, because my my listeners know this. We're looking for what was that one thing that you think that, or one person that 
put you in line for this trajectory, even at that age, not that you can look back and have a retrospective perspective. Mm-hmm. Asking you that, is, not that you can look back. Is there one thing, one moment that you say, you know what, because you were in the army, you were serving. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't um, on the front line, so you were actually, actually serving back then, but is there one thing or one person or one moment that you said, you know, this kind of propelled me down this line? Well, that, you know, oh, I see, Donna, that didn't happen till after, till... Uh, but a constant serving, that's what I'm talking oh, oh, about. Constant, I, I guess that's it. You know, I, um, I really can't say. I'm going to be quite honest with you. No, I respect that. You know, I, uh, uh, I got, I was, I had, I had the uh, distinction being the first and I don't know if the only, but the first to be drafted out of OIC. Mm. See, um, I, I, uh, when I first when I first joined OIC after I graduated, I was with them for a year, and then I got drafted. Now I was married at the time, and you weren't supposed to get married. You were supposed to get drafted. Oh. However, I was versus a small town, and the people at the draft boards, you know, they had children. So what they did. <laughs> You know, when their child came up, they put somebody else in and, and, and that happens. That, hap- that happens. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound like they pull a Trump switcheroo on that. Right? Hey, right? hey, look, 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 <laughs> look, 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 So as we get ready to dig into this, so now you, 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 you leave the Army. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you real quickly, what was high school like? Well, high school was good. I, um... We, Bristol High School was what they called, they used to call it the United Nations High School. The reason oh, why. Good mix of. We had Italians, we had Japanese, we had Estonians, uh, of course we had whites. Right. Uh, the thing of it is uh, Seabrook Farms, which is still down there in, in, in that area, people didn't know it was a Japanese internment camp. And after World War II was over and everything, uh, they stayed there, and it, it became their community, and that's, that's wow. what happened. Because I do remember right after Pearl Harbor that they did quarantine. Not quarantine oh, yeah, is not no, in the no, base. They, they just put all the every, Japanese in an area of like, yo, we got to watch everybody right, here because right. everybody thought it was all in California. No, no, was, no. Oh wow! <laughs> so now you navigate high school. You're getting ready for college, and you went to college where? Delaware State. Delaware State. What's your major, or what was your major? Uh, elementary education with a minor in child psychology. All I heard was service, 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 service. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. I just right. sat down and started having this conversation with right. you, and it's fascinating how right. driven you are to serve. Right. That's how I met. Uh, I re- met Dr. Sullivan before I even knew who he was, because my roommates were from Philadelphia. Okay. And he had the largest African-American church in Philadelphia, Zion mm. Baptist Church. And that was during the time, during this, I went to school in 1961. I went to school two years after I graduated, okay? And uh, someone was boycotting, he boycotted Pepsi, Bond Bread, things like that. I love Pepsi. <laughs> so we're in Dover one day, and I went to get to pick up a Pepsi, and a friend of mine named John Jackson, uh, he was all public in, Baseball, we used to call him Pub. He said, "Not, you can't buy that Pepsi." And I want to know why, and I and I curse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Because Sullivan says so." And I wanted to blankety blank, 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 blank. <laughs> want to know who Sullivan <laughs> is? And you know, so he told me. But I didn't meet Doctor Sullivan until um, I graduated 
from college. Sound like he was a major catalyst to. Oh yeah. So let me um let me do this real quickly before I jump into Hollis's story. Do you remember specifically when you met him? That day, that moment. Did you know you were about to meet him? Did they say we're gonna meet him today? Or no? Yeah, that that wasn't that was at uh, in our feeder program in Philadelphia. At, at, on Broadway when I first met him. Did you know you were going to meet him? Yeah, because we, we had what we call convocation then okay. in Philadelphia. And of course, he was a minister. And uh, that's when I met him. What was that moment like? Uh, well, you know... It wasn't one of those I, Oprah... I, no, no. Okay, no, okay. You know, I, but but I got, he got to know me very well. I had Solomon in Patterson twice before he passed. He, he, uh, uh, in fact, when I came, when I came in '78, I was the seventh executive director in seven years, mm. and uh, I, I brought him there. I've been there since. Doctor Sullivan. Doctor Sullivan. Do me a favor. Look into that camera. Let's give him a big shout out right now. I know he's resting in peace, but for the the, the, the snowball he created, God go. God bless you. That's what I can say, Doctor Sullivan. Thank you, Dr. Sullivan. So, you know, as we get ready to swing into, you know, I, I, I got a quick synopsis of how you got up to here. We know Dr. Sullivan was the catalyst for OIC, oh, yeah. which was initially set up. And as we get ready to, to break from that um, and, and go into Hollis's story, let me ask you this. If there's anything you would have changed during that quick journey up to meeting Dr. Sullivan, or was there anything you would have done different in terms of maybe paid more specific attention to? No. Now that you have the 2020 vision. Only, only for my personal development. I would have stayed in school and probably gotten my master's. Uh, I, uh, I was also in law school. <laughs> when wow. my, my brother died. Well, my baby brother, he committed suicide. And I, and I had to come home and, you know, and I didn't go back, but I, but that's the only thing. Wow, Score Rosenberg podcast here from Harvey J. Nutter. You would have finished up that college and got that master's degree, you know, over over you know you know um, overcoming that major comeback because that's a that's a life changing curveball you were hit with. We're gonna take a quick break, come back, jumping to Hollis Nelson's story, his journey, and Hollis, you got a you got a story you got to back up, bro. <laughs> SQR podcast, and then we're gonna find out more about Patterson OIC and how these two gentlemen are now making an effort in our town. SQR podcast doctor not doctor which you probably will be soon harvey j <laughs> nutter and hollis nelson sqr podcast as we get ready to crack into the second half of this wonderful powwow with our guests harvey j nutter executive director of the patterson oic and of course hollis nelson training director of the patterson oic hollis we just heard a fascinating story from mr nutter here and as we get ready to crack into your journey i am fascinated to find out what the family makeup was like and the journey and the ingredients, mm -hmm. for the lack of a better word, of what made you who you are right now. So let's go back to the beginning. What was the family makeup like? Uh, family makeup, uh, I am one of four children okay. raised by a single parent mom. Uh, one brother, two sisters. Uh, I'm the oldest. My brother follows me. And, and then the two sisters. You said a single parent mom. What was mom like? Was she the whip cracker? You know, yeah, she, she would crack the whip 
<laughs> I grew up in the era where um, whip cracking yeah, was legal. You know, right, exactly. There was no no uh, authorities to call or nothing. So you know, right. <laughs> so you, when you when you did the wrong thing, you you paid the price for it. You paid the price for it. Absolutely. That's funny. Um, what was mom? What would uh, I mean? So single mom. How did she? Provo- I mean, what, what was that dynamic like? Yeah, that, that you know, I, I, I can recall uh, what I'm going to call feast or famine moments. Uh, my mother was a, a domestic. She cleaned houses for a living, and I would venture to bet she didn't get paid too much for 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 her work. Uh, I, I don't know what her educational levels were, but when I think back on it now, I'm pretty sure she probably didn't even have a, a, a high school diploma. Mm. You know, so we would have moments where, you know, dinner was a, a mayonnaise or a ketchup sandwich, oh. uh, and then there'd be times where, okay, there's there's surplus. There, there's a surplus available. You know, and uh, we would have those periods. Uh, I can recall them them very very vividly. Uh, we grew up in, I guess, what you would call a, a really a, a poorer part of the city. Um, Inglewood is not a, a, a huge city, nowhere near as large as, as Patterson. Right. I think at, uh, last my recollection was maybe anywhere from twenty-eight to thirty thousand is the very small is the population there. So yeah. it's a it's a small small town. So, but every town has its. It's areas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we would have lived. I in, think you're a diplomatic trying to say ghetto. Know, right. Let me say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got those uh, less desirable parts uh, of town. Now, you know, when you're growing up there, that's what you know. So you're you're, you're fine with that, you know. And uh, I remember once when uh, my mom couldn't find a babysitter and she cleaning houses, and she had to take us with her uh, to clean one of the houses, and we had to just kind of sit around my brothers and uh, sister we sat there but uh, we were able to look at this house with all this space and with all these rooms you know and uh it was a uh, one of your typical houses where when you go into the kids rooms they've got the banners on the wall and posters but all the kids that what was that like seeing that difference it was uh it was an eye opener because it was the first time we ever went to work with her. When she mm. went to work, uh, we were in one of those neighborhoods where you know everybody was your was your mom, and um, so she would have a babysitter. The babysitter would be one of the young teenagers from the neighborhood, or in the parents looking out. Yeah. Uh, but I guess at this particular day, she she couldn't find anybody, so she had to take us with her, and uh, it was uh, it was a uh, the the dichotomy of seeing that place that house that she was cleaning and then coming back home and then being able to compare the two that reference point. you know you you then realize that okay uh there, there's a different world out there okay and we are actually not a part of that mm. uh so that was a, a an experience that that stayed with me uh in in the back of my mind so but Still, she did the best that she could, but it started me on a, a journey of, of questions about why do some people have one state in life and other people have a different state in How life. did you deal with, um, were you, did that, seeing that difference motivated you or were you like, damn, why can't, how come I don't have? Yeah, it, it, it put me in a damn 
how come I can't have mold for a while? I wasn't uh, developed enough psychologically and mentally at that time to think in that direction. Mm. All I could do was compare, damn, you know, look at this place, you know, we barely, you know, we're all sleeping together, and my brother, we, we're all sharing rooms, and here in this house, all the kids have their, their own rooms, right. you know, uh, first floor, second floor, the base, everything, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the picture of, of luxury versus poverty, mm. right, right in your face, and now you, now you know no. it, yeah. okay, you've been taken to another world, and now you can, you can realize that as you go back and forth. That's, that, that's fascinating. That Do you remember what age that was? Uh, I'm in maybe 10, 11 years old mm. at that particular time. And we're all about two years apart. Very so, impressionable. Yeah, it, it, it is impressionable. You recognize it. You, you are able to think about it. And you can draw those juxtapositions. Uh, they never leave you. Yeah. They never yeah. leave you. Yeah, that, that that is amazing. You know, as you you share that story, I kind of um, you know closed my eyes and walked with you through that, and it, it seemed to be kind of rattling. Did you did you hold mom accountable, or I mean, uh, later on, uh, as I grew into my my teens, I do remember reflecting on uh, our particular status. We're living in Inglewood at that time, and we're in what you would consider the, the housing developments. Right, right. Okay, a place called King Garden Apartments is where we lived uh, in Inglewood. And I remember reflecting on, you know, how, how could my mother, uh, with, with a father who is an absentee father. Yeah. Okay, but there's four of us. All right, so you didn't make this mistake once. You made this mistake twice. You know, well, so I remember thinking. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there are mistakes because right now the impact you're making on Patterson OIC, you know, if yeah, she didn't. I, you I know, appreciate that. Yeah, I really, yeah, you know, yeah, at, really, at that time I'm just kind of figuring out what was your thinking, you know, to, to do this multiple times with someone that you had to know uh, is unreliable, you know, and, and what, I held that against her for, for a a nice portion of my life, some of it was unconscious at the time, but going through that thinking process, I'm developing uh, an animosity, uh, a, a real anger towards my mom for making the decisions, basically blaming her for, for, for our condition. Score Rosenberg podcast, you know, I appreciate your honesty there. And I'm gonna ask you, as we say in Jamaica, I want you to stick a pin right there because I wanna come back in and I wanna pick up right from there and go through the process and see how you are influenced going forward. SQR podcast, Core Rosenberg Radio, will be back with the second half of Mr. Hollis Nelson's story, a fascinating journey to being right here, training director of the Patterson OIC, SQR podcast. SQR podcast, Score Rosenberg Radio, we're cracking into our guest here, Hollis Nelson, training director of Patterson OIC, and of course, the illustrious Harvey J. Nutter, executive director of the Patterson OIC. And we, we're in the... In, in the, I want to say, about to enjoy the main course of your journey, you know, and we heard about mom and the job experience, and I, and I loved how you shared that reference point when mm -hmm. you went to that house where she was cleaning and you go back home and you realize that, how come we don't have, mm -hmm. you know, mom, what did you do for us to be paying the consequences for the ill decisions, right. which meant at that age, you are aware that decisions does have a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. So let me pick up on this. Going to high school and transitioning to college, what was that like? Yeah, that, uh, I was one of those 
very common stories of a young person who, by not having the virtue of growing up in a household of guidance, wind up going down the, the wrong path. Mm. So I was a, uh, now it's, it's interesting that I'm an instructor now because in high school I was a terrible student. Uh, I, I, I hung out at high school. I was a, a juvenile delinquent. I was one of those kids that if you saw me in high school, you would have said, this guy's not gonna amount Make, to, yeah. to anything. Uh, I, I didn't go to college until later on in life. I got my degree in the age of technology where you could get your degree through distance without oh, okay. going to so the physically being physical. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I, I, I have that background that you'd find that's quite typical of, of dealing with drugs and, and running in the streets and hooking up with the wrong crowds, you know, and I did that, you know, until my late 20s. Was there a moment during the party period that you remembered or was a catalyst for that, the, the beginning of that change? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had a job as a... a a car phone sales rep and one of my customers that's when car phones were like mini computers yeah that's when they the were big bad big, boy, you know yeah. we're talking we're walking with these things in our pocket i remember the first handheld phone a motorola phone give me a hernia a actually. big walkie-talkie looking type <laughs> thing it was a brick. right <laughs> okay yeah I, I was selling those devices when they when they first came out working for a company in uh in paramus okay uh, and one of my customers uh, who sold phones to, he was a, I sold wholesale to retailers. Okay. So he, his clients were, were drug dealers. I didn't know that at the time. I'm just, he's ordering, he's in my route. So I'm delivering phones to him. Uh, we developed a friendship, uh, you know, and I'm still dipping and dabbing with cocaine myself. So, you know, we connected through that. So yeah. uh, one day, uh, he has to do some kind of deal. He he does a drug deal with somebody, and he actually <clears throat> rips the guy off. So I'm hanging out with him. Uh, now he's in Hawthorne. He's living in Hawthorne. Guys in New York, he'll never find him. So I'm hanging out with him. We're driving one night, and one night we're driving, coming back from shopping at the mall. We see this car go right past us, and uh, the the guys who he ripped off must have found the area that he lived in mm. and as we're driving in one direction they're driving in the opposite direction and we basically it's like eyes match we, we eyes match okay and and i'm driving you know my little car and at that point when i when i saw them and everybody kind of looked it's like oh you know i stepped on the gas <laughs> because it would have taken them a minute to make a u-turn we, yeah. we, we knew they didn't know exactly where he lived but they had found the area okay if they knew exactly where he lived they would have been at the house waiting yeah true uh so i just took off uh and at that point i'm breaking every traffic law there is in existence hoping to be pulled over by the <laughs> 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 I'm hoping to be so we could say, hey, we saw these guys, they flashed. You yeah. know, that's why we're running so that we can get some protection. Not a cop inside, you of know. Of course. So, <laughs> of course. So, I, you know, I, uh, at, at that time, I'm, I'm married. And at that particular time, my wife and I were going through some, some difficulties. So we weren't, we weren't together at the time. But I just drove to the house uh, in Inglewood, the apartment that we were staying in, you know, and we just kind of laid low, laid low in there. But I remember thinking that night how scared I was, and the realization that mm. 
some change has to take place. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, a, a tough guy, so I don't want to go to jail. But if you keep hanging out like this, you will. There, there's only two potential outcomes. True. You, if, if the situation was somewhat different, we would have we died that night. Wow. Because I know in that industry, in, 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 in that trade, That's that life, happens. if you rip somebody off, they're accountable to somebody up and down the line. Yes. So they weren't coming to say, hey, you guys, you know, they were coming to, to handle their business. Wow. So I could have died that night. So at that point, I start reflecting and saying, okay, Hollis, you got to make a change. You got to make some changes. I'm fascinated by, um, you know, as much of a rugged or interesting journey that you've had. You know, how, how are you here? That is where the, where the process began. But you now decide you, you got to make some changes. Uh, I was on my way to a, a drug rehab program because I knew at that point I also have a cocaine addiction. Uh, now, we'll, we'll get into a little spirituality here because it was on my way to that rehab program that I happened to see a, a rainbow in the sky that touched me like no rainbow uh, ever has before. Uh, it was a profound moment for me, and, and that rainbow somehow or another gave me the realization of a, of a God. I'm mm. like, okay, no human being can cause these colors to appear in the sky like that. Now, I don't know the science behind a rainbow, but that's how it touched me. Right. Uh, and that, I never made it to the, to the rehab program. I've never touched cocaine since that, since that day. Wow. I didn't have any difficulties uh, withdrawing, withdrawing from, uh, or trying to resist or stay away from it, which, which confirmed for me that something supernatural happened, happened that day. Because I didn't have the ability to, to stop doing this on, on my own. That's very interesting. Uh, and at that point, I began to start looking for uh, a church and things like that. I was, I was a minister. I eventually start going to church and then eventually went into to ministry at one point in my life. I was actually in ministry at the time that I met uh, that I met Harvey. Wow. Um, but that that moment of heading to rehab set me on a path that said, okay, there, there's there's something greater in life and now it's time to, to try to start Pursue looking that. at you know, so you start reading, you know, self-help books, psychological books, religious books, all kind of things to try to get but answers uh, to, wow. to who you are. What is so fascinating about that tidbit of story? And if there's anything I'm glad I got tonight was that piece. When we heard Harvey's story, I thought Harvey had hit the ball out the hit the ball out the, the hmm. ballpark. You know, which you did. Your story it's was a home different, run. Just but different experiences. Yeah, yeah, but here's what's interesting. Because the typical human being isn't going to pull up their bootstraps and go better themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be like, listen, my mom made this mistake, so I'm in this position, so I'm going to continue down this mm -hmm. road. You know, and you're talking about, let's be honest, I didn't want to shoot your balloon down, but there's a science behind a rainbow. But the rainbow you saw was your rainbow. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I got from that. Yeah. It's, it's a, a rainbow is an average rainbow. Right. There's a science behind it. Right. But you saw that rainbow. God spoke through you and said, hey, right. I can create this. I made you. I can create that. So, you know, that's fascinating. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And then I want to learn how this magic of the history, the constant need to serve, 
your journey, your awareness, and your ability to somewhat change your trajectory, how that comes together and to offer Patterson OIC opportunities, industry, Industrialization. Industrialization Center right. here in Patterson, New Jersey. SQR Podcast, fascinating guests. You heard their journey. You hear what they've been through, where they're coming from. Now we're going to find out what you're doing and where they're going. Patterson OIC is our guest tonight. SQR Podcast, one. SQR Podcast, Gore Rosenberg Radio. As we get ready to wrap up this wonderful podcast, a fascinating powwow, for the lack of a better term. We're getting ready to now merge both your stories together. <laughs> And Harvey, you know, executive director of the Patterson OIC, and you've shared your journey up to this point. Mm -hmm. Elaborate a little bit on what this program is all about. Uh, real simple. Uh, OIC was created to uh, help the unemployed, underemployed, uh, those that don't have jobs, things like that. Uh, this is one of about 35 in the country. Okay. And OIC is also international. People don't realize that. We have a couple of OICs in Africa, you know. How are you getting funding? Uh, well, government, the federal government, you know, uh, for a while back there, OIC was really, really, really big. Okay. Uh, but we can get government funds and we, we can get public and private funds. You know, we just have to go out and get them, things like that. So <clears throat> I'm a layman on the street. I'm unemployed. I have no computer skills. Okay. How do I tap into this resource? Like, how do I find out about Patterson OIC? Uh, <laughs> well, I like to say we're the best kept secret in town. That's, it sounds like it. And, and it's probably our fault. But the thing of it is, is that uh, you would have to go through the either the welfare system or the unemployment system. Mm. It's just like, and, and they can, uh, they can focus up there. Do you have a physical location? Oh yeah, we're at, uh, right now we're at 175 Market Street on the fourth floor. Okay, say that again so they can hear that. 175 Market Street. Patterson, New Jersey. Patterson, New Jersey, the fourth floor. And I walk into this location, what am I walking into? Um, you, you know, you're walking into a tra uh, training program. The thing of it is, is that you can't just come off the street we, well, we do have a program in the evening that House has developed and everything. Uh, if you're not on, if you're not on the system, okay, which is the welfare or the social right, services right, system, right, right. If you're not on that, you can come to, you know, you can uh, come to our program in the evening. Uh, we we have, uh, I think, what five days a week. Three, we, it's uh, three right now. Three, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Two, we actually two, came here tonight, right, right, it, it, right after, right, and, and, and it's good. Uh, but if you're in the welfare system, you know you have to go through the Department of uh, uh, the Board of Social Services. Then they turn you into the uh, Passaic County One Stop, and, and through there you get the and we get there. Yeah. So I, I, I get this training, and basically you're gonna make me computer proficient to go out in the world and seek gainful employment. Yes. Uh, and well, we we also try to help you find jobs too. Oh wow! Oh so, yeah, yeah. We've 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 done that. In fact, we <clears throat> over the last forty years, we've I think we've done quite well. In fact, uh, some of the and some of the people that we we've hired, uh, like the uh, the um, city not not city council the um, Sonia, she's uh, for the. On the city, Sonia Rosado? No, no, Sonia Gordon. 
Okay. She came directly from OIC to the. Uh, oh God. So she came through the program. Oh yeah. 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 If you a if you go down to program. to City Hall uh, in Patterson, you'll oh. find OIC former OIC students all, spread all, out all throughout uh, yeah. all over the place. So the success story is out there. Right, right. Oh yeah. They're, oh, they're, the city, she's the city clerk. Wow. She, she, in fact, in fact, the interim mayor, who was the city clerk, because the university city clerk yeah, is yeah, yeah. for life. Hire Sonia. Wow. Yeah. And this is a this is a, a, a young lady who took advantage of right. OIC's opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned a program that Hollis pioneered for the layman to walk off the street. Tell me a little bit about that, Hollis. Uh, well we, we the, the the primary clientele are people who are collecting uh, benefits of some sort. Uh, either TANF benefits, okay. uh, GA benefits, and as a result of uh, laws uh, initialized during the Clinton administration, which they called it the welfare reform, uh, those individuals now have to participate mm, that's what's in about order to receive those benefits. those benefits. So we are one of the programs that they can participate in. So uh, during the daytime, those are the individuals who are coming in. But there's a whole other group of folks sure. who fall in what we call the gray area. They don't make enough money to pay to go for education, but they make too much to qualify for any kind of assistance to, to go to classes. So we have, we have other programs that we put together so that you could still be earning an income you can still be working but come in the evening I to help it. improve your skills and either advance on your current job or oh, wow. or, or find uh, new employment let me ask you this um, is there a website or a email address or anything that you could share with us so people who are watching this can go listen I could tap into that yeah our, our website is up um, www dot gpoic.org slow that down say that again okay and most people know today you don't really need the www so it's just gp for greater patterson gpoic gpoic dot org dot org so they can find out some information there and of course just call the office uh 973-881-0540 okay you know uh what 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 hasn't been said yet that that's important is that the, the training that we have, you can actually earn a nationally recognized certification. Wow. So we are um, uh, an established, uh, the designation that we have is a Microsoft Training Academy. Credited. So we're one of the few places that you can not only come to get the Microsoft Office training, but you can also then take a Microsoft Office certification test and earn your certification in Word or Excel or wow. PowerPoint. Wow, I think one of the things I'm fascinated by about hearing this program is I'm always turned off on programs that are just giving somebody a fish. You know, you know that whole philosophy, mm -hmm. I'll feed you a fish and just keep you happy, but uh, you're actually equipping people, you're teaching, teaching them, them how, how to fish. fish. Right. You know, so somebody you from like, that. You sound like Dr. Sullivan. <laughs> I sound like Dr. <laughs> Sullivan. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'd like to hear that one of these students opened a tackle shop on the river, you know, and right. started selling tackles and weights and whatever you need to fish. So that's fascinating. And as I, you know, look back on this conversation we had, where I was able to dig into your past, find out how you came to where you are, 
I'm going to say this without any trepidation. It is a blessing to be in the presence of black men who are serving mm. and serving in the capacity you. that you Thank are. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I, I'm not one to see color. I see individuals. Mm -hmm. But I cannot not be aware that there's a lot of stereotypes that are thrown our way. And for whatever reason, some of the times we are matching those stereotypes. Right. But to be sitting here having this conversation about your journey, Hollis, what you've been through, where you, I mean, to now passionately serve and open opportunities, not for people only on welfare, but for the layman to come mm. in and better themselves. Yeah. I salute you both. So I want to give a round of applause for that mission. And here's what I do every time before I close. I have a magic wand. You got two wishes. I'm going to give you one, Harvey. I'm going to give you one, Hollis. You can make an impact on this world. What would you do with that one wish? However, you can't ask for three more wishes with that one wish. <laughs> All right, don't pull that one on me. Somebody else did it, and it got me in a little conundrum. So, so, so you, you got new rules yeah, now. Yeah. You changed you the rules. With that one wish, you can't ask for three more wishes. Yeah. But with that one magic wand, and Hollis, I'll start with you. You could, what would that difference would you make? I think the, the, if there was one thing that I could wish for and actually make it happen is that all people have an equal opportunity for success. You don't want to give anybody anything, but you don't want to stack the deck where some people have a, a, a favorite path and others don't. True. Okay, so if we could have a world where everybody has an equal opportunity to express themselves and succeed, uh, that would be something that I would like to make happen. I salute that. I salute that. Harvey. You know, if I could just do what I'm doing better. Mm. A jewel just dropped right out the bat. You see how, how smooth this guy is? He just rolled it out real quickly. Because if we all adapt that, the world will be better yeah. just to do better. Yeah. SQR Podcast, Cole Rosenberg Radio. It's an honor to have you both here at the table. Patterson OIC, you have all their information. Once again, Hollis, could you please repeat the location, the website, the phone number, so people could tap into this resource, right, You please. can uh, reach us uh, at 973-881-0540. Our facility is at 175 Market Street here in Patterson on the fourth floor. And you can find us online at gpoic.org. But we also want to just say uh, we appreciate meeting yes. you tonight as well. Thank you. Uh, this, I consider this giving back mm. just as much as, as we give back. So we have been just as honored to meet you and your organization here tonight uh, as you have in, in having us here. So Thank we you. appreciate that. And Thank uh, you. wish you guys the best in moving forward. Right. And hopefully the this is not the end when this conversation is. is over it never but is but it's just the it beginning of a, of a new relationship beautiful thank you so much right. you were saying and i'm just saying you know uh god works in mysterious ways we're looking at a table with men who are connected not only mentally physically but spiritually sqr podcast go out take advantage of these opportunities make your life better thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you on the next show one